0: It's your girl, Tasha Ray. I am the host of Womanhood Decoded, where each episode we explore the intersections of womanhood, sexuality, and motherhood. This episode, I have a great guest who is going to give us a little insight into the terminology baby mama. And I am so excited to introduce my guest. And tonight's guest
1: is tanisha known as the real tanisha
0: 78 on instagram awesome so let's go ahead and get on into it please share your origin story
1: as it pertains to your motherhood journey well first of all it's just it's it's just my real life experiences my failures my success my fears my accomplishments my aha moments it's just me showing other single moms how my mind Process things. How is me taking accountability for me as a woman mm-hmm. without diminishing my children's father? Wow, that is kind of heavy
0: just to begin with, and I am so with you on that. What emotions come to mind when you hear the phrase or the title
1: "baby mama"? Disrespect for single black mom. I think mm-hmm. it's the lowest title you can give a single mother, and it's a stigma being placed upon you based on your marital status without even giving you a chance to voice your opinion of your story. It's automatically assumed you're ghetto, uneducated, poverty-stricken, lack skills as of a woman to keep a man. Lack emotional intelligence to build a foundation for your children just because you're a single, it's totally disrespectful because if you was any other race, nationality, they would not consider you a baby mama. They would give you the benefit of the doubt and give you the single mom, the solo mom, the co-parent mom, whatever term of integrity. But when you're a black single mother, they want to discredit you. Like mm-hmm. you're not capable to, capable of building a foundation and being credible based on your mental status. And it's like a total disrespect. I, you
0: know what, being that I'm new to the whole motherhood journey, I hadn't quite gathered an opinion on how I felt about the term baby mama, <laughs> because I think part of the issue also is, you know, I'm older, I'm 38. And I'm a first time mom. And then on top of it, I became a mom at the very beginning of this whole COVID fuckery. And Mm -hmm. so um, I didn't have a lot of interaction with people as far as in real life. So the term baby mama hasn't really had any kind of significant impact on me. Just yet, if you understand what I mean, but but hearing what you are saying, I feel like it rings true, because as I told you, um, I we have a friend in common. And when I was telling her about my situation and how I was approached by a white woman at the park and her immediate assumption was, you know, um, how did I feel about being called a baby mama. And in my mind, I'm thinking in my mind, like where is this white woman even coming from asking me that, you know? And she told me that she considered herself to be a co-parent or a single mom but she said she usually doesn't even go by a single mom because she said she co-parents they do 50-50 split so basically she has her child or the child um you know 50% of the time and then he has the child 50% of the time and um yeah that was basically that's been my only encounter so far with the word baby mama in my quote unquote you know journey
1: well, I'm 43. I have four children. Okay. 22, 20, 17, and a one-year-old. Okay. And I'm a girl from the south side of Chicago, from the hood. Baby mama has been a term I have been very familiar with my entire parenting life. But considering at this age, who mm-hmm. wants to still be even in connection with that term? Because I know how I feel about it, and I know what it i know what it means when Mm -hmm. coming from both ends like in the hood baby mama is like terms of endearment like oh that's my baby mama that's my baby daddy when you what they call hood famous but when you step outside that area code that zip code that neighborhood baby mama is used in a term of disrespect it could be disrespected in the hood too because especially when it's more than one woman with a baby with this one particular guy. But outside of your comfort zone, your foundation, your area, mm-hmm. baby mama is disrespectful. Because mm-hmm. not one time would they place that image upon a white woman. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. automatically assumed if you're black and a single mom, you're a baby mom. Right. It diminishes your, diminishes your role, diminishes your, diminishes your parenting skills, ability. It just, I hate it. Right. And that makes sense, though, especially
0: given the um, background that you have shared as far as having your children and then having navigated life to this point. So it definitely makes sense now that I'm hearing even more, you know, from your perspective. So with that being said, can you tell me about what you hope to change or inspire with the Baby Mama Blueprint?
1: With the baby mama blueprint, I just wants to I just want to give women the basics because, like you said, you just became a mom in your late thirties. I'm a mom again, starting over in my early forties. Sometimes you don't even know what landed you here. How did I wind up a single parent, a solo parent, not married? How did I get here? Like, where did the mindset come from? What road map did I take to wind up here? Because nobody ever stands in the line. To be a single mother. So, you know, nobody, there wasn't no waiting on their number to be called. You know, it, it came from whatever situation. So with the baby mama blueprint, I covered the four basics of motherhood, mindset, men, and money. In hopes that if you at least have a foundation of where to go, you won't pick up that baby mama mentality and stigma that the world has placed on African American women.
0: Wow. That is so powerful. Really. Like I'm just honestly letting that sink in a little bit because I do sometimes feel like my experience isn't necessarily reflective of my area. For example, I live in (laughs) Brooklyn. And so I live in this area called um, Crown Heights, which is basically an area like rest of America is being gentrified, right? And so um, there's basically elements of the hood, but you got to kind of go look for it. But in my particular area, it's um, considered to be kind of like in the historic district. So whenever slaves, whenever they first got free, this was one of the first areas that they settled. Mm -hmm. So um, there is a huge, I guess, historical significance to where I live. But at the same time, like when I'm, for example, pushing my daughter to go to the fit mom exercise class that I go to, I don't know if you've noticed on social media, but I'm the only one of color. um, Or there's recently just been another woman that joined, but outside of myself. So I basically, what I do in order to go to that class is I have to travel Three miles to Prospect Park to even get there. And so um, I recognize that I'm blessed and that I have the job flexibility that enables me to do that. But um, Mm -hmm. the point that I'm trying to get at is when I'm on my way to um, the Fit Mom class, I see other moms with their children, whether they're taking them to um daycare or taking them to school and i noticed that they are by themselves you know so i'm not going to assume you know that they are you know a single mom but i'm just saying that i don't see wedding rings is the point i'm making mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so when i am walking you know in my exercise gear early in the morning it's like they're looking at me basically like so who does she think she is type thing like that's the vibe i get you know oh. And, and and so I'm like, "What? I felt like I was maybe, um, having a hostile energy towards me because I was, you know, standing at the light. And then this mom, she looked at me, she's like, "You know what, I've been seeing you in the neighborhood." She's like, "Are you new here?" And I said, honestly, I'm not. I just started, you know, exercising though. And so I haven't really been going out, you know, this time of day. She, like, well, you know, um, you made some of us uncomfortable the other day. And I said, oh, okay. I said, what did I do to make you uncomfortable? Meanwhile, we're standing here at the light. The light's done changed two, three times while we're standing here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what did I do that made you uncomfortable? She was just like, well, we were in a line, you know, next to the daycare, and you were kind of jogging by, and instead of stopping, you were like, excuse me, ladies, and then <laughs> I proceeded to go. <laughs> and I said, oh. I said, well, my bad. I said I was that day. I, I said I don't remember that specific occasion, but I said I do know sometimes I'm late and I have tunnel vision, and if I, there are people in front of me. I will say, excuse me, and not even really do a lot of interaction. I said, but I didn't mean it as a slight. And she was just like, you know, you good now that we talking and everything like that. But at first, you know, we was looking like, oh, she, you know, like she rolling through, like she like in charge of the um, sidewalk or something. And I was just like, (laughs) I said, my bad, that is not the message that I was trying to portray. But that's just, for example, the, one encounter like i don't really have a lot of encounters with black women as far as on my everyday um life like i will see black women but when i see them i see them in passing you know so i don't really get to understand you know their life story or where they're coming from so i really value this opportunity to get to talk to you especially on this topic
1: yeah yeah because black women can be just as judgmental as white women when And it's when they look at you and they could sense some type of structure, some type of put togetherness, if that makes sense. Like, and they getting like, "Mm." and they probably looking trying to figure out where she drive, where she work, where the her husband, where the boyfriend, how did she get the baby? They sometimes can be your worst enemy too. But I I experienced that like being a single mother on more than one occasion because my kids always went to the best of the schools um was always in the best of the program it was like who does she think she is and then my man who do you think you are and my and they wouldn't sometimes they would see their dad sometimes they wouldn't and we never married but my kids were so academically inclined and highly intelligent it was almost like how did that happen and that's a single parent household you, you went up to, the judgment, right. like if you're a single parent your kids can't stand on these platforms my kids were the best and but what i hated about it bad being a single parent bad being what they considered the baby mama from my zip code even though i moved my kids to the suburbs but i grew up in the hood i hated that i felt like i had i had to prove i was a good mom or a good parent through the accolades of my kids if that makes sense because they excelled at the highest point but another woman wouldn't even been bothered with even worrying about that. Her kid could have been a failure, but because she doesn't look like me and she's in the right zip code, it's it's excused, but not mm-hmm. for me.
0: Hmm. Wow, that is <laughs> deep. So, how has being a single mom changed your
1: view of motherhood, if at all? My mother was married. Okay. She was a stay-at-home mom. I think. I don't think it's a mama walking this earth can top my mom mm. and, my, and my dad worked so when I became a single mother I tried to I tried to imitate my life based on my mom being a stay-at-home mom but working like my dad and that that was hard that was hard because I felt like I honestly, in the inside felt like a failure for being a single mom because of the stigma and the backlash that I have heard or just been a, just been around in like in general. So my view on single motherhood really changed because you actually one person trying to do the job of two people. And I don't care if you co-parent and if not, when you're the custodial parent and that child lives with you or those children live with you, it's on you until the other person shows up, if that's even an option. Mm. So when I look at single mothers, I'm like, you know, what we? I wish we could just get away from the term. I had made up something on a post the other day called slang motherhood because that's exactly what you're doing. You slang it solo, whether the daddy is available, uh, available, unavailable dad, an absentee dad, a 10% dad. When you're the custodial parent, that's hard being a single mother.
0: Hmm, I definitely agree that resonates right there because even though I really do have a supportive um co parent, like you said, it's on me until he shows up. Yeah. Now he does show up, so I can't, you know, say that he doesn't, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes life happens, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you know, we have an agreed upon time. And like I said, something that's outside of his control or my control or whatever the case might be, you know. So at the end of the day, it's like. They sometimes I feel like they get to see the highlight reel, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it
1: makes total sense,
0: you know, so it's like he gets to see our daughter when she's awake, when she's excited, when she's, quote unquote, a fun child. As opposed to at three, four in the morning when she's teething, cranky and awake, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like a whole different other experience. And, you know, they work, you know, a lot of hours and they work in law enforcement. So, you know, it's kind of difficult for them to, you know, work around all of that logistically and, you know, still show up. But at the same time, like you just said, it's like it's all on me until or when, you know, they happen to be available.
1: And the fact that you just mentioned that your current parent working law enforcement, I'm in my 20th year mm-hmm. of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So imagine that on top of being a single parent, mental, physical, and emotional well-being had to always be at the height. And when it wasn't, it was hard. Right. I can imagine. I can imagine because they do a very good
0: job as far as compartmentalizing Mm -hmm. because you deal with a lot in Mm -hmm. that particular field um, to where, um, like you said, your whole mental stability is kind of challenged, you know, Mm -hmm. moment to moment and your life is on the line, you know. So it's like a lot that you're dealing with. And then after you, you know, finish your tour, you know, sometimes it's a double. Sometimes it's, you know, whatever it ends up being, you know, it can be a traumatic shift to try to all of a sudden turn all of that energy off and then come into mommy mode.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. hmm. So my next question is, how do you show up authentically as the full mo- woman that you are while also walking boldly in your
1: motherhood? I show up as me. I own me. My flaws and all. It's like it's all me. And I my lessons learned, I just I try to pass them on to the next woman as their blueprint. So they don't have to learn the lessons. I already been through it this is what happened this is what i did this was the outcome you take that and take what you need and use it for your life because some women did have a problem with accountability me i don't right right that makes
0: sense like i feel like in general i try to be the type of person where let's say theoretically life is the stove And if I see somebody touch the stove and they end up getting burnt, I'm not the person that I feel like, well, let me go touch it and see if I'm going to be burnt the same way. You know, I'm not that type. You know, if I see somebody else having a problem, I try to look at that situation and try to learn from it. But I think one of the things that has been very detrimental to us as a culture, as far as black women, is there, especially in my generation growing up, there was this idea that, you don't speak about what has happened inside of the house or don't air your dirty laundry or what happens in this house stays in this house so i feel like those sayings crafted a mentality of silence among Mm -hmm. us as black women and when there are opportunities that we could have been learning and growing and evolving as a society and as a community i feel like our our growth was stunted because of silence. Does that um, make sense mm-hmm. to you or no?
1: That makes total sense. That makes total sense.
0: Yes. And I just feel like, you know, there's so much competition among us as black women when it comes to professionally and socially, especially, you know, like if we're buying for the attention of a particular man or whatever have you, it's like there's very few opportunities where there is um, genuine collaboration. So that's why I'm really thankful that you decided to participate and you know be on my podcast, because I feel like your message is something that is going to resonate with many that find themselves as being single mothers mm-hmm. and basically are looking for some type of you know not
1: necessarily connected yes for for, for, for understanding i get it and i try to be there because um for me it's like i try to be who i wish i had when i needed her if that makes sense because so many people don't want to speak up from their mishaps their failures because they're afraid of being judged i have to get over my fear of being judged before because of my mishaps, my situation, and my story. And I put it out there because I'm like, there's far more people going through this that will admit it. If I come forth and tell my story, then maybe they could find some type of solitude in that. Without even speaking up, just follow follow what I did. follow, Connect the dots to them however they may or they can and get the help that they need. Absolutely. So if we could switch
0: uh, gears just a little bit, Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of talk about what does dating look like as a single mother? And do you have any tips? Because I feel like there are obviously ways that we can go about it and make more mistakes. But I feel like if you have any insight to women that find themselves as being single and they are interested in dating. Like for example, when do you um, introduce your child to who you're dating? You know things along that line.
1: Okay, my three older. You like I said, I have three older children. Okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't date around them because I come from that generation. Don't have another man over your kids. Don't do this. Don't do that. And plus, I work on law enforcement, and you know, it, it, it could be a lot of crazy and weirdo. Mm-hmm. But moving forward with chloe i'm like i'm or i had her two months before my 42nd birthday i'm like not only do i want to date i want to get married so i had to start learning to trust my better judgment and have to start trusting me and another thing i had to do i looked at all my failed relationships and in the the, the long duration that i was with my kids that i looked at i list the pros and the cons and because sometimes when we date, we could we could date the same man with a different face if we don't kill. So for me, I had to learn how to not date the same man with a different face. I had to learn to not date, quote unquote, let me say, my type. I had to start picking. I had to learn how to pick a man based on a man that wanted to be a father and a husband, not a man that just wanted to be a, a boyfriend. And I'm dating now and he i i've been knowing him since i was 14 and he's i have introduced him to my not just my daughter my other children because my other children are grown because i don't have no time to waste and i screened him and i he he stepped material i didn't just pick somebody to be my boyfriend i had to pick somebody who could come in and lead my family at the same time and deal with my structured unstructured chaos because that's what it can seem like from the outside looking in my oldest is 22 my youngest is one and like i try to tell women they try to say that single moms are not have value i say yeah maybe your situation is not have value maybe if you put yourself on your your stats on bumble nobody's gonna want your stats files like she's 43 or 22 year old one year old but if you take away that and put your qualities as a woman he will want that so if you try to get your motherhood in best order as you can, it will all fall into place. Stop diminishing your worth as a woman, of being worthy of a loving relationship, best on your past. So I stopped looking at my past as baggage, and I start looking at it as being just a package of me. Do you want to have me um, pack some of this stuff? You know what I'm saying? I packed as much as I could alone, but the parts I couldn't get somebody that want to help you. What? So I, I'm dating and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I was like, I will be going through stuff. I be looking out like, oh, he's gonna leave now. He like, I ain't going nowhere. Come on, let's let's get this together. Let's get this together. And that's the best feeling in the world because I made a mistake before this guy. I tried to date somebody else because he didn't have no kids. I couldn't see past he didn't have no kids because I didn't want to deal with baby mama drama. But not only did he damage me more than I was already damaged. But I couldn't see that because I was old, oh, I could have got him. I'm I got three kids. What it would have looked like if I would have got a man with no kids. And I couldn't see that I was dating a similar man with a different face, but on the mm-hmm. other side of the traps, if that makes sense. They was total yes. opposite, but their traumas and the fuckery was the same thing. Mm, mm,
0: You are saying something right there, because, you know, self-awareness is a thing that I feel like a lot of us sometimes lack. And as you said, somebody can have it all together as far as on paper. But when it comes to um, emotional intelligence and when it comes to navigating difficulty, when it comes to having A foundation as far as your morals that can oftentimes be problematic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just because you have all of these certain boxes checked as far as your academic qualifications or your professional qualifications doesn't mean that you meet the qualifications necessary to have a successful relationship exactly so yes, um, I'm curious if you would mind sharing if there was an age difference between the two men that you're dating, or they were both about the same age.
1: Everybody the same age. That months, everybody was the same age. And I, I and believe me, I looked at everything. And when I when I was wearing my pros and my cons, when I was trying to just be be better for the next time, I said the only problem here was you. You was the you was the common denominator. So we ain't, I ain't even focus on pretty much the low ball ends of the stuff I dealt with with them. I have to focus on what attracted me to this situation. What kept me in the situation? Who was the common denominator? Cause they don't know each other. I was Mm. the common denominator.
0: Mm. Mm. So, you know what, that right there takes a lot of emotional intelligence right there, because in my current dynamic, I came to realize that I have a lot of, work and school experience, but I don't have a lot of relationship experience. And I know that probably sounds crazy being that mm-hmm. I'm 38, but the thing is the relationships that I had basically were surface level, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they surface because we didn't really have to navigate any kind of real difficulty. It was mm-hmm. like basically boy meets girl and then boy pursues girl and then Basically, I decided to either be with them or not. And then because of my job, I would then either move to another state or whatever have you. But the point is, is that, you know, everybody always had a job. You know, everybody always, for the most part, had things together on the outside. But when it came to dealing with, you know, basically the ups and downs of a relationship, that's something I don't have experience in. So now in my current situation, when it comes to dealing with things, I I find myself at a disadvantage because, like I said, I don't have anything to really pull on. So I found myself making what I feel like are rudimentary mistakes or things that I really shouldn't be having as issues, but being that I am, like I said, I, I guess you could say ill-equipped in a lot of ways when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I had to realize that I had to look in the mirror and kind of realize the role that I had in picking and being in the relationships that I was in and how I got to where I am. It's kind of like in a situation, the easiest way for me to explain it, you know how there's times when a man will feel like he's really good in bed? Mm-hmm. And and then you experience him and you're like, what in the whole hell was that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically in that situation, it's like a woman has passed him along the line of life and he has this idea that he's actually good. But in reality, he is not. And so basically what happened to me is I was passed along the line in my relationships thinking that I was doing and I was hitting on all cylinders when in reality I wasn't. Because I wasn't ever tested.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and especially like for me, I didn't. I dated, but I didn't have a lot of relationships to compare. And I compare each relationship. I's not with my new guy because I learned from the last one. I I compare because when you don't have a, enough a, a lot to go on, you don't know what to do, and you compare with within that little. What would I say? Would it, would it be like that little circle? Your little right. dynamic? So that's when it comes in. I had to really just figure out why was I attracted? What led me? How did I wind up here? I reflected everything back to me because that I could go off of. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So Because I didn't want to go. I do not want to be 50. I didn't want to be 45. I didn't want to be in my 40s dealing with the same stuff as 20s and my 30s but I spent my 20s and my 30s almost with the same person so when I got with another person this is what I'm basing it on Mm -hmm. I know what I I know what I don't want so I had tunnel vision on what I don't want when he was doing you know trash things on the other end but he had he had he offered me what I didn't get with the other one if that makes sense so I had to start I had to figure this thing out and I had to start taking accountability and was like look Tanisha like what are we doing here because right. I don't want to be singing this song at 50 years old. What are we doing here? Even when I became pregnant with my daughter at 40, 41, I'm like, okay, like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> that, that caused some serious social right there. And but right. I got it together quick because I had already been taking myself on this mindset journey anyway. So I was right. able to get that together quick. But like the main thing that I say, you always have the answers within within some type of form they already in you you just have to sometimes be quiet to find them wow become equipped because anything outside of you is just somebody else's opinion or somebody else's story you can always take from somebody else's story but opinion is not fact so you always have to just go back to the root of your thinking your makeup your self-esteem level your self-confidence level you have to go back damn near to a child like Mm -hmm. mom To figure this out right,
0: and I feel like you know, especially in my situation, I had a lot of examples of marriage in my family, but essentially, I didn't want to have any of that in my life. If that no. makes sense, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, my thing is, I my main issue and problem with marriage is the obligation that comes along with being a wife. I feel like in the Black community or especially in the religious Black community, I'll put it that way, there is this expectation that the wife is supposed to set the atmosphere of the home. The wife is supposed to cook, clean and caretake. And I feel like with my work dynamic, I don't often have the bandwidth as far as emotionally to fulfill all of those quote unquote tasks. And so that's the reason why I oftentimes recoil at the idea of marriage because it's like, you know, I have the, what is it, characteristics of a wife? I can cook clean and <laughs> home, but it's like, do I have the time to do so? And I don't want to put myself in a situation where I feel like I'm not able to operate at my highest capacity because I'm still in the point where I'm reinventing myself. You know, I feel like because of COVID, I am in a position where it's like a career pivot for me. You know, so um, where I was working in the nonprofit space, I am now building a brand and I'm, you know, building a podcast. I have a web store that's in the process of being put together as far as my inventory. And then I'm also writing a book. So basically I'm doing a lot of stuff and then I'm also have my nine to five and then I also have a child. So it's a lot on my plate. But the point that I'm trying to make is with all of that on my plate, putting wife on my uh to-do list is not something that i'm really eager to do because as i said i don't feel like i have the capacity
1: to fulfill the role of a wife at this point point. and i'm listening to you and i'm like my man just went haywire and i know exactly what you mean and the feeling because same as me i was a single mother mm-hmm. Fulfilling the roles of a wife without a living husband, but the cooking, and cleaning, the working, and all that. And that's something that I feel that I'm 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 breaking that when it comes to my daughter because that's that superwoman, superhero hero, super case syndrome that we have. And everything you said, you equipped to be a wife, it's called delegate. Cause white women delegate all the time, they don't do stuff outside. Of their time framing and their mental and emotional well-being. Only black women are taught to do that. They call somebody, they get a nanny, they get a chauffeur, they get an on-call babysitter, they get somebody to deliver dinner, and they and so they could be cute and sexy when they husband come home. Only a black woman is taught to do all that. By the time the man get home, we we told down looking like a rag ragdown because we tried to do everything <laughs> they put on the list. It's called delegate, baby. This is the new age, and I'm gonna teach my kids to delegate because they ain't beating themselves down from birth we are taught to be the backbone and carry the family white women are taught to be sexy seductive and submissive <laughs> that is a sermon in and of itself <laughs> so yeah you can be a wife you can put it right on there it's called um Target deliver the household cleaning um, girl pub deliver the dinner um hello Mary Mays come clean the house by you doing everything else right because I just feel like it's just so much
0: as far as the expectation, I feel like. And I just don't like to do anything where I feel like I'm going to start out at a disadvantage or start out in a place where I have no room to succeed. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like right now I have a lot on my plate. And it's like in the situations Mm -hmm. that I witnessed as far as, you know, in my family and then in friends and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. it's like people get married for every reason outside of what I feel like is the right reason. It's like people get married, but then they can't stand each other or they stay married and they can't stand each other. And you can see it as you can feel Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. when you go to family gatherings. You look at people and it's like they on different sides of the room, you know, because they can't probably you know, they probably had a, a fight on the way to wherever we they were going to. And it's like, I don't want that for myself. I want to be with somebody where, you know, we are partners and I'm excited to see them. They're excited to see me. Now, mind you, I know life happens. and You have difficult days, but I don't want the overarching feeling to be that of obligation. I want it to be that of, you know, just shared experiences and things of that nature. But I just feel like as far as society, how they place so much on us as women, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like part of the reason why I was so old as far as becoming a single mom Is because I was told that in order for me to be a successful woman, I needed to matriculate successfully through my educational journey and I needed to become successful. And then I needed to then look for a husband. Well, once I did all of those things, as far as the conveyor belt of life, I looked around and there weren't any real people that I was interested in as far as marriage material you know, there were the the divorcees or there were the ones that were the habitual cheaters (laughs) or they were the ones that were um, essentially the playboys where they have Mm -hmm. no thought of marriage, but yet they want to date and date you for years on end. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I wasn't trying to do none of that. And It's like I found myself, like I said, um, getting older and older. And then I read Gabrielle Union's book, We're Gonna Need More Wine. And in there, she talks about all of her um, difficulties as it pertained to her fertility. And then I find out I have fertility challenges. Okay. So then it's like, okay. So what am I supposed to do now, you know, as far as, you know, trying to set my life together? Because I thought that I was doing everything according to the plan as far as, you know, my life ducks in order. But then, as you can see, I still ended up on the other side as a single mother. And mm-hmm. as you said, that was not in my life trajectory plan. I didn't sign up to, you know, stand in the single mama line or the baby mama line. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I ended up in this situation by choice as far as once I became pregnant. But the roadway to becoming pregnant was one that was very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't regret it. But at the same time, if I had my way, I would have, if I was going to pick to be a single mom, I would have done so earlier in life,
1: you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Um, but at the same time, I feel like I'm kind of at an advantage in that now I have a lot more patience. I've experienced things. So it's not like, you know, sometimes you explained how you became a mother early. So I, didn't have that experience as i just said so i got to do a lot of living as far as professionally and educationally but i feel like you know when i go to the park and when i go to different things having to do with my daughter i'm like for example in the pediatrician's office i'm the old mom you know (laughs) you know i'm the old one and then it's like when they look at me i guess they don't oftentimes know how old I am and then when I start talking about well my high school uh, reunion 20-year reunion was this year they're like wait a minute how old are you <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah because look because you look very well you look you, you look pretty I I've been through that you I was two months before my 42nd birthday I I feel it like I understand all of that
0: right <laughs> and it feels so good to be understood it definitely mm-hmm. does. So getting back to what I wanted to ask you is what do you hope to change with your posts and with your baby mama blueprint? What
1: is it that you're hoping to try to change the trend of? The mindset and the mirror image that the black mom has for herself. Okay. I want to see herself as like, like I said, slaying motherhood instead of being an unsuccessful mother. I want to give her the basics of if she's not receiving child support, I don't want her to, to dilute her mental currency chasing down the dollar. Let's figure out how you can save and budget and invest. I don't want her to see her trials and tribulations as obstacles. Let's figure out how to break down these barriers and get connect bridges for abundance in her mindset. Let's stop trying to mimic what we seen before us as somebody else's mother. Stop trying to be like, the mold for that, model it, you, you 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 set your own tone and maybe your tone will be the tone that another mother can take. And when it comes to dating these men, stop auditioning and show up with the audacity because we are really assets out here, but because we have these kids and everything else that comes along with being a black woman alone, people wanna make like, we need to be lucky. No, this is a different age they need to be lucky without without all the stuff that we done gone through even with being a single mom and we're educated and we well diverse in our careers they need to be lucky that we take the time out our day Mm -hmm. in other words we are the prize as opposed to thinking that they are yeah we are the prize because if a think about it if we could do all this alone what the hell they think we could do with a partner (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. If I could get some cooperation.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: goodness! Imagine yes. what I could do if I had cooperation, stability, communication. Listen. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what are some tools that you are hoping to give your daughter? You kind of talked about it a little bit, but do you have like one or two things that you would like to give her? as it pertains to her character.
1: All, all my daughters, I have 3 and even with Chloe. I want to give them the tools of self-confidence and high esteem building because I feel like if you if, we, if I constantly practice building their self-esteem, building their confidence. That's the highest form of like self-protection when it comes to dating and navigating through the world. Because when it's low, you operate at a low vibration. So even if Chloe do something is is slide down the sliding board, I I cheer on and say, good job. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Good job. mm -hmm.
1: I'm I'm her biggest cheerleader. Because I want her to know that some she's somebody's always cheering for her, but I'll teach her to cheer for herself. You know, that's a lot of a lot of kids wouldn't talk that. They don't know how to cheer for themselves. You know, they didn't have a cheerleader and they don't know how to cheer for themselves. So I want to give my daughter the characteristics rest of that being able to cheer for their self. I really like that. I really
0: like that. I know my daughter, um, whenever she does something, she claps for herself. At first I was just like, <laughs> what are you doing? But now that you put it in that perspective, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. What I want to know is, what do you wish someone would have said or done to uplift you when you began your single mom journey?
1: It's okay to leave the relationship when it doesn't validate your feelings instead of staying and trying to work it out for years. You know what I'm saying? Because being a single mom is hard, but people paint the picture like it's a damn death sentence and it's not, and it doesn't define you as a woman right absolutely yes because a lot of time we stay because we don't we don't want that broken home we don't want that broken foundation nobody does but you can still build a foundation and the home doesn't have to be broken when it's full of love you understand just because it's two parents not in the house every day with the child that doesn't mean that the home is broken and i wish somebody would have told me like it's okay to leave and, and wow. when your feelings are not validated but when you don't even know how to validate yourself like that goes back to the characteristic of building my daughter's self esteem and confidence. you understand what I'm saying so those two go together I wish somebody would have told me like it's okay to leave just leave wow cause I stayed with the same person for years and even after I left I went back cause I felt like there's nothing else out here I might as well stay where I'm at no I changed my mindset to saying this, it's a whole lot out here. I just got to go to different places to find it. I stopped trying to tell myself that it's no good men out here. Every man ain't shit. Because that's not true. I told myself, it's the men you're picking. It's the environments you're in. So expand your environment and expand your mindset and better men will come. Better available men will come with more options. And not to say that the person I had kids with is not a better man. He's just a better man for another
0: woman. Right, right, right. I think that is a really good point, because just because a relationship doesn't work doesn't mean that the people in the relationship are somehow unfit or somehow broken. That just Mm -hmm. means that those two particular people don't work together. But that doesn't mean that they that there's somehow inherently something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. So I really, really like that. Definitely. So my last question is about legacy, because being a mother, I have started to really think about what legacy I am hoping to build currently that I can give to my daughter. So I wondered, is legacy something that you think about? And if so, what is it that's important to you to pass on to your children?
1: It's important. It's important to me to pass on money. So I make sure Any money decisions I make, I try to make them from the point of longevity. When it comes to like any investments, any mutual funds, even just like a like a regular savings account. If I died today, how much money would be that they would draw? And property, I bought my house at a young age. I don't. I only have this piece of property. But after the after we cool down with the pandemic, I want to purchase multi multi level um buildings like two flats, three flats in Chicago. We have two flats three flats, and multi-unit buildings. So Mm -hmm. property. And I want to pass down the abundance of mindset because every I know people think that's cliche. A mindset is everything. Once you visualize and think something in your mind that you can do it, you can actually do it if you put action to it. A lot of women are not taught to believe they can. And the fact that I'm writing a book, uh, well, it's pretty much written in Google Docs. I'm going through, I guess, editing and just making sure it's, I'm satisfied with what I want to put out there. I'm leaving a book behind. And in my book, the book will pretty much show them how my mind operated as a woman in many different areas. How my mind processed things in many different areas. And I hope it gives them the legacy to know that they can rewrite and restart their life any time they get ready without feeling like a failure. Woo! That
0: is powerful right there. My goodness. (laughs) I feel like I am just so honored and fortunate to have had this conversation with you and I would like that um, for you to go ahead and share your social media because I know I want to continue to follow your journey. And I know my audience is going to be interested to know what you're up to next, especially
1: with your book. So if you would share your social media, that would be great. I'm on Instagram as the real Tanisha 78. Just my name, 78 is the year I was born. The real Tanisha 78. That's what I can follow. On Instagram
0: okay that is amazing and I will go ahead and make sure that I have that in my show notes so that you know people can find you because I feel like I said at the beginning of this interview that you know you definitely have a story that resonates with a lot of women and the tools strategies and resources that you have allowed yourself to acquire And that you're willing to pass on that information as opposed to hoarding it, I feel like it's going to do a huge service. And it's a huge testament to who you are as a woman and to your personal growth. So I just want to send you all the positive vibes and tell you that I, like I said, I feel so fortunate to have had this conversation. And I am definitely looking forward to all that you
1: have um, coming up next. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm very grateful to be on your show. And I follow you as well. You get me thinking, like, I need to start me some type of... family, some type of moms that jog in the park or, right, um, you know, walk in the park. Because I suffered, you know, from anxiety and depression. And I didn't have postpartum depression. And one thing about it, when you're around, like, um scenery and nature or anything that's operating on, like, a level of peace, it right. brings you calm. And I'm like, you, you need... Women need women. We need these. We we need your podcast. We need your platform. We need this community. We need each other. And once women realize that, I be I think it'll be a lot less competition and comparison. We all go through the same thing. I say this all the time. Every mother want a badass bank account, a hella fast shoe game, kids that's a selling, and a man that's not cheating. We all want the basics. <laughs> and I don't care how old you are. That's what you want. Right. We need, we need each other. We need right. each other's experiences and failures and successes to to connect the dots. We we need each other. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I I thank you for having me as a guest on your show.
0: Absolutely. I feel like we're definitely going to need to do a part 2 if you're open to it in a couple months.
1: Yes,
0: we can. can. Oh, yay. Thank you. I'm excited (laughs) because like I said, I just feel like, you know, we just kind of started to scratch the surface, but I am excited to see what my audience is going to um, say about this episode. But I really feel like you really laid down some gems and you've definitely given me some things to think about and to process moving forward in my dynamic. So again, I am just so grateful to you. And that concludes our episode. Thank you. Okay, so everyone, this is Tasha Ray, the host of Womanhood Decoded, where each week we explore the intersections of womanhood, sexuality, and motherhood. And I am sending you all of the good vibes and we'll see you next time.